Hello, and welcome to Firsts. I'm your host, Lisa Curiel Parker, and this is a podcast about first times that range from your first one-night stand to your first psychedelic. It's full of stories from people around me, friends, family, strangers on the street, whoever wants to come in and talk. Hopefully, my guests and I can make you think, cry, and maybe even laugh a little. Today's topic is, first time you realized you were a little different. Okay. Growing up, I always knew I was a tomboy. I wore skater shirts that had Tony Hawk on them. I remember it was this like red shirt with the Tony Hawk logo and a blue one that had his face on it or like, I don't really remember, but I knew I had at least four to five Tony Hawk shirts. I I had those and then I wore those like boy cargo shorts. They were really comfortable, so I thought it was really functional. I had a little boy's body growing up, so I didn't really care what I wore. And I always had vans. But, and then also in my backyard, I had this little skateboard ramp that I would ride sometimes. I hated putting on a helmet and elbow pads and knee pads and my parents wouldn't let me go outside the house without them so I felt super lame so I didn't really ride the ramp as much as I wanted to. This is not an endorsement for Tony Hawk products but at the same time I loved girly things. I played with Barbies and I loved makeup. I loved putting on heels and dresses on so as I was playing with my Barbies they would be in my Hot Wheels or I would be playing with Lincoln Logs with my mom's high heel shoes on, so this is kind of a longer story, but at the age of three, my dad came up to me and and he asked me, do you want to do gymnastics or do you want to do ballet? And I thought, all my friends are already in gymnastics, but my dream was to wear point shoes. I wanted to be this beautiful ballerina who had point shoes and a tutu on in all the movies and the pictures I saw as a kid. And I made my decision I was going to be a ballerina. So I practiced ballet heavily because I wanted to put on those effing point shoes. Did it for 10 years and my feet and ankles still crack in weird ways to this day. And I still love to do it. Sometimes when I'm kind of tipsy, I put on my point shoes just for fun. I think the first time I realized I was a little different, there's a couple times, and I don't remember the exact age range, but I always observed that my dad was the only guy at ballet. I was eight or 10 years old and he's the only ballet dad and it was kind of uncomfortable all all the ladies would hit on him and (laughs) there was always i don't want to be selfish in this regard but i always had a little animosity towards my mom because she was always working she worked 50 hours a week and she still works heavily to this day So I didn't see her, and as a child, you don't really understand what that means to work full-time. In the end, at the end of the day, they're doing it for you and to support their children, and so I didn't understand that. So I thought my dad was the better parent because he was always there. He would take me to school every day, and he would make my lunches, he'd bribe me with McDonald's to go to ballet, and... I just felt very distant from my mom and so 
he's the reason I'm a tomboy to this day. He's a stern man, and he could express his feelings with a single grunt or sigh, and I totally can predict, or I can read his mind with just a slight twitch of his face. Just being raised by this, this man, my interactions with the other ballet girls was really different. I wasn't the girly, pink-loving, traditional ballerina the other girls in my company were. I wanted to put on my baggy clothes after ballet and play Tekken or Tony Hawk Underground on my PS3. And to say the least, some of these habits are still very similar to this day. I love makeup and getting dolled up, but on my spare time I love shining <laughs> my shoes and drinking bourbon. So thanks to my dad, <laughs> he has made me the woman I am today. Here's Brianna talking about the goriness of being different. Ever since I was a little kid, I knew I was always slightly different. Not different how a lot of people identify themselves, like as being like gay or lesbian. Um, but I always knew that I always had a different mind for things. And when I finally knew it was when I was about three years old, my dad cut himself. He cut pretty much most of his thumb off with PVC pipe cutters when he was working in the backyard on our sprinklers. And my dad doesn't normally go to the doctor. You know he there has to be something really, really wrong with him for him to suggest himself to go to the doctor. He tells the story as he came in to the house holding his thumb and said, Honey, I need to go to the hospital. Not just the doctor, the hospital. So my dad is like borderline dying right now. But so we go to the emergency room. Um, while we were in the emergency room, we're waiting, because you know that's what you do in all emergency rooms, no matter the emergency. There's this lady uh, in the emergency room, and she asked my dad, so what did you do? He explained to her what she did, and she said, well, that, that was silly. And then I, being my smart-ass little three-year-old self, said, well, what did you do? And she said that she had dropped a TV on her foot. And then me being my smart ass self said, well, that was silly. She gave me a look and my dad could not contain himself from laughing. But we finally got to the point where my dad got called in and I wanted to go with him. So I was allowed to go in and I was sitting on his lap and the nurses kind of looked at me and they looked at my dad and they're like, Are you sure she's okay to be in here? And he was like, yeah, she's fine. So I was just sitting on his lap and so they start uh, cleaning his wound. He cut all the way down to the bone. He probably cut off a good, the good top half of his thumb. And it was just hanging on by a piece of skin. And as they're cleaning it out, here I am sticking my head through trying to see and take a look at it. So I'm like going ooh and ah at all the insides. And I told my dad, so that's what you look like on the inside, daddy. He started trying to laugh, but also trying not to wince from the pain. And so then the doctor comes in, takes a look at it. And he's like, okay, well, we'll get you a Novocaine shot, and then we'll stitch it back up. 
So my dad hates needles. And when the nurse came back in, he was looking away and I saw the needle on the tray. And I was like, don't worry, daddy. It's just a really, really, really big needle, which made him feel so much better. So not only am I a smartass, but I am also the child where at three was super intrigued by the insides of a human being. Gloria's mother helped her realize her difference from other girls. I was coming out of my piano lesson and we were at the door. I guess my mother had just walked me to the door and my mother was leaving and she was walking away and the piano teacher looked out and said, is that your grandmother? I was so hurt, it just felt awful for someone to call my mother my grandmother. And that's the moment I realized my mother was not the typical young mom. She was actually a middle-aged woman, and I guess she looked like a grandmother to others. Not to me, but yes to others. And that's when I realized for the first time I was different. I was the daughter of a woman who gave me birth at when she was 40 years old. So that... That was a big, big age difference, 40 years apart. And in those days, older moms were not popular. Now it's more common. The other incident occurred in the market. I think it was, it was a Safeway store. And at the Safeway store, we were at the cash register. It's where we, we were amongst people from different places. People were speaking English. My mom and I were speaking Spanish to each other. And a woman says to us, or to me, she directed it. I can't, well, I, I, she said it in English. So I felt it was directed at me. And because my mother didn't speak very much English. And she said, what language are you speaking? And I looked at her and I said, Spanish. And the lady said, oh, you don't look Mexican. She said, Spanish? I said, yes, we're Mexican. And then she said, you don't look Mexican. And I remember thinking, well, what does she think a Mexican looks like? We look like all different colors and shapes and sizes. And I was really pretty, pretty upset at that woman being so ignorant. And that is when I knew I was different. Fabian here doesn't take what most of us do for granted. Growing up, uh, for the most part, I felt pretty normal, you know, compared to everybody, you know. Um, I had the same things as other people, um, toys, all that, and I never really thought about how I was different or how I, f like, me feeling different than other people until I was in high school. And this is about the time where everyone's either getting a car or, you know, getting a job. And to me, I've been working since I was 13 with my parents, so getting a job part wasn't necessarily um, the part that made me feel different. It's more of getting a license and I guess it was part of a little bit of a job, you know, getting a job at a retail store or anything like that, because that's, you know, that's a job that everybody gets when they're in high school. But I remember in high school, 
that I wanted to get a job and I was bringing it up to my parents and they would say like, no, you can't get a job. And I was like, well, why not, you know? Um, and that's when I found out I was pretty different than most of people. I was born in Guadalajara, Mexico. I came to the United States when I was seven months old. So for me, I pretty much was born here. So I never thought myself as different than anyone else, you know? I was like, I've been here all my life. Like, how can I be any different than anyone else? And in high school, when I talked to my parents about getting a job, I found out that because I was born in Mexico, I didn't have a social security at the time, which meant I couldn't get a job or a license, which was required by the government. And that kind of just pissed me off. Not necessarily because I couldn't get a job or a license, it was because I knew a lot of people back then who had the opportunity to actually get a job or a license and they wouldn't do anything with it. And to me, like, it just sucked, like, knowing that, I'm like, man, well, I can't get a job, you know, like, it kind of made me feel less of a person than other people. It was like, just because I was born somewhere else and I couldn't do all these things, even though to me, like, all I've known was being, living in California, Venice, Santa Monica, that kind of made me a little bit more aware of my political like surroundings, I guess, of things I couldn't do, necessarily immigration, and that kind of pushed me towards um, being more aware of what I can and can't do, things, how I could help out people who were in my situation. But yeah, I just totally remember growing up and I'm just like, just this rage. I was like, I wasn't necessarily mad at anyone it's just like I was just so how could it be that just this one thing could stop me from doing all these possible things job license and later on towards the end of high school was you know financial aid I couldn't even get that so I had to settle for community college there came a time where that kind of really affected me to the point where like I was kind of not necessarily depressed but very very sad and I got mad at my mom, like I kind of half joked, kind of half told her like, why couldn't you just, you know, wait seven more months to have me and just have me over here, you know? Just my mom saw how mad she, uh, how mad I was and how upset I was. She kind of just like teared up and I would kind of, I teared up at the same time. I was just like, well shit, like, you know, like I just want to do all these things. And because of that, like being born somewhere else, that stopped me from doing it a lot of things. I mean, now I'm perfectly fine. You know, I have a job and I do pretty well for myself. I never really depended on my parents for the most part, but I feel like I could have accomplished a lot more. First is me, Lisa Curio-Parker, and this is our last episode of the season. Oh my god! There were a lot of interesting guests that included today's, which are Brianna Little, who still loves looking at gory pictures. I don't know how she does it. Fabian, who in this current political climate is still on his toes. And Gloria Curiel, who is now proud for being different thanks to her wonderful mother and... 
my grandmother. Thanks for listening to Firsts. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did that much, please share with your friends. It really helps. You can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and other podcast streaming services. If you have any comments, questions, or want to be on the show, email podcastfirsts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hopefully we'll be back in the spring. No promises. My mom explains it as I could eat food while watching open heart surgery.